Welcome to This One Thing with Carrie Kenyon Dern. One verse, one truth, one choice. Hello, and welcome once again to This One Thing. I'm Carrie Kenyon Dern. Thank you so much for being here with us yet again this week. And huge thank you to my dear friend, Crystal Wright, for coming back once again. Hi, Crystal. Thanks for being Hi, here. Hi, I keep coming back. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> you keep you keep coming back. And I just love this time with you and God's Word so much. I'm going to keep inviting you back. Thank you for being a student of God's Word. It's so fun to study and talk about His Word with you. It's it's such a blessing and a joy, Crystal. So last week we were in Isaiah 40, verse 8, and we decided together that we really needed to spend a little bit of time in verse 11 this week. So if you wouldn't mind, Crystal, would you go ahead and read verse 11 of Isaiah 40 and talk about the truth that you would encourage listeners to meditate on this week? Yes, I'm reading from the NIV, and it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. We get a really beautiful, almost a visual picture that's painted here for us of what Isaiah calls the sovereign Lord. That's that's who he's referring to when it says he tends his flock. He's talking about the Lord. I was thinking back as I started meditating on this verse, I was thinking back to last week you shared about just kind of the journey of the book of Isaiah, how it starts out with a lot of conversation around the condemnation and the reality of the sin that the people of God had turned to. And then the consequences of that were experiencing the loss of their inheritance. And you talked about how chapter 40 was really that chapter that starts to transition into what you called the consolation chapters or the comfort chapters where God is saying, Yes, your sin. Yes, the destruction is there, but I'm here to comfort you. And then we get this beautiful picture of this shepherd who is tending to his flock and he's gathering them close to his heart. And I just love that. I love I love the imagery of the shepherd and sheep. I'm an animal lover to start with, but I'm also a little bit of a country girl. I grew up on a farm, so I we didn't have sheep, but we had lots of other livestock and animals. And so I have a little bit of exposure or taste to that picture of caring for animals and a little bit of that relationship. So I think that's possibly why I love the imagery so much of the shepherd. But I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, it's one of those pictures that God gives us to demonstrate his relationship with us that he consistently uses throughout all of scripture through the Old Testament, through the New Testament. It's one of those themes that just comes up over and over and over. And so to me, I think, okay, this must be an important description for God. God values this description. There's some really important theological truths that he wants us to, to understand because he keeps giving us this picture and he gives it to us in several different contexts. So I guess the truth, as we talk about this, the truth that I kind of came to in the end as I was meditating on this is the fact that we never get too old or too mature in our Christian walk where we no longer need God as our shepherd. And, you know, last week we talked so much about in the same chapter how it's elevating the very words that God speaks are the thing that's going to last forever. A lot of 
this chapter is really talking about the power and the majesty and the grandness of God. It said, you know, there's verses that talk about how he can measure out the oceans in the hollow of his hand. And so we're getting this big, big picture of God. And yet at the very center and heart of it, we get this really beautiful personal picture of his love and his care and his attention to his sheep, to his people. So Mm -hmm. I think that was Mm -hmm. the first truth that I really grabbed hold of is that idea of, okay, as his children, yes, we need his truth. Yes, we need to know that he's sovereign and in control, but we also really, really need to know that he is the gentle, tender, loving God who holds us close to his heart. Absolutely, Crystal. I love the simplicity of that. And it's interesting that you brought up how we explained this chapter to be a a pretty significant transition chapter in the book of Isaiah. So we had talked about the previous chapters being all about the sin, the consequences for sin, and then the loss that they had experienced to Assyria, that they were going to experience to the Babylon army that was going to be invading soon. And then we talked last week about how the first verse of this chapter, Isaiah 40, says, comfort, comfort my people, and how God said, your sin has been punished. I've punished you. And now you're going to experience a whole different side of me, my love, my compassion, my grace, and my mercy. So, Isaiah 40 is the transition chapter, but now we have verse 11 in Isaiah 40, and it's the transition verse, because this is transitioning us from this whole concept of all the comfort that God wants to give us, how he wants to surround us and and gather us and take us in and, and show us his mercy, and then verse 12 through the end of the chapter talks about what you just said, his bigness, his greatness. No one is his equal. No one can compare to him. So we want to get to that. But for right now, I want to go a little bit deeper into the context of verse 11. Let me read verses 9 and Mm -hmm. 10 right before it so that we can kind of tie it into what we talked about last week. So Isaiah 40, verse 9 and 10 say this, O Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O O Jerusalem. Shout and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, the sovereign Lord is coming in power and he will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him when he comes. And now our verse of the week, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them or gathering them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. So this is a powerful foreshadowing of Jesus. We talked last week about Starting in verse 40, through the end of the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, these are the messianic chapters, the foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. And here we see it very, very clearly. He's going to feed, which is to provide. He's going to carry, which is to protect. He's going to hold or gather, which is to comfort. He's going to lead, which is to direct. These are all very critical pictures Let's remember for a moment, I'm going to spend just a second on this. I could talk about this for an hour, but sheep are one of the very few animals on the face of the planet that cannot survive without the help of humans. That means if there is a water source of any kind, they are not smart (laughs) enough 
around that water to not drown themselves. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit silly, but it's also it's so sad. They will quite literally walk into the water. Their wool will be com- completely saturated and they will drown. They will literally walk off a cliff. <laughs> that saying, if you see somebody walk off a cliff or you too, that, that is for real. A sheep will literally walk off a cliff. It has no sense of how to protect itself. It needs constant protection. The other thing with the provision, a sheep doesn't know how to find new pasture. That's what a shepherd is for. A shepherd leads the sheep to food, to water. A sheep cannot find those things on its own. They are dependent on their shepherd. It's a picture of dependency here. So why is this verse, our verse of the week, why is it preceded by all of this shouting? Why are we shouting so much? Why is this word, oh, shout, shout it louder, Jerusalem, shout it and do not be afraid. Your God is coming. It's a throwback to the first verse of the chapter. That is why you should be comforted because your king is coming. And how is he coming? He's coming to you as a shepherd. Why is this picture important, Crystal? Because only the shepherd can comfort us the way we need to be comforted. So if you read this chapter and you read verse 11 in the context of Isaiah 40, it starts to click in. We're shouting that he's coming because the one who is coming, the shepherd, is the only one who can comfort us. So to go into the truth a little bit here, the four things that we pulled out, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. Feed is number one. He will carry the lambs in his arms. Carry is number two. Holding them or gathering them close to his heart is three. Leading them gently is four. All of those things are so, so significant. But the one that that really sticks out to me the most is this picture of holding or gathering his sheep to his heart. So we often see pictures of shepherds carrying sheep around their neck. And that is the practical way for a shepherd to carry sheep. Why? Because shepherds are moving the sheep. They're, they're guiding the sheep with their staff, with their rod. They're, they're literally herding the sheep, telling them where to go. They need their hands free. They need their hands free to pull the brush and the, the briar out of the, the sheep as they're walking by. So if, if a lamb is wounded, it goes most typically around the shepherd's neck and he walks with the lamb there. So his hands are free. This is a very intimate picture for, for the lambs to be carried against the heart or the chest is not the typical way a shepherd would carry the sheep. So this is Jesus distinguishing himself as the good shepherd. If you study how a shepherd carries his sheep, they're not going to waste (laughs) their arms by carrying them next to their heart. So the great pastor and preacher Charles Spurgeon has a beautiful quote, and it really helps to understand why Jesus is separating himself from all the other shepherds. Charles Spurgeon says this, To carry is kindness, but to carry in the bosom or against the chest is loving kindness. The shoulders are for power and the back is for force, but the bosom is the seat of love. So beautiful. It is so beautiful. And it's this invitation, isn't it? This truth is an invitation. The truth is Jesus wants to carry you, Crystal. 
against his bosom. He wants to comfort you, not just like a mother comforts her child. Wants to carry you like you are the most precious in all the flock. As if you were the only one in the flock. And listener, Jesus wants to carry you right up close to his chest. What is the message there? He's not too busy with all the other sheep to love you with great intention. He's not just going to throw you on his neck or throw you in the back of the truck. He's going to carry you close to his heart. It's a beautiful picture here too, because if you notice, Crystal, it says he will feed his flock. That's a corporate feeding. He will carry the lambs in his arms. He carries us individually, but he loves us corporately. So there's so much here in this verse There's so many truths to pull out, but for me personally, it's this very precious, intimate picture of Jesus isn't just carrying me on his back. He's not just showing me how strong he is or how powerful he is. He's not haphazardly throwing me around his neck because I'm wounded or I have a need. He's saying, Carrie, I'm going to hold you against my chest. I'm going to let you feel my heartbeat. I'm going to let you feel that I have nowhere else and no no one else is taking me away right now. I am here for you. I'm not too busy for you. I'm going to love you with great intention. And I just think that's a truth yeah, we need to hear today, Definitely. Crystal. I had an experience with a woman this week that that I work with. And I went into my meeting with her. I had sort of a list of concerns, well-intentioned concerns and truths that I really thought that she needed to hear. There were some things I felt like if I don't address this, this is things are going to get worse for this woman. So I, I went in this meeting kind of like, okay, I need to tell you this, this, and this, this is what's true. This, you know, this behavior. I went in with that mindset and I just watched her her even her body stiffen up and her be, get really defensive, rightfully so, um, and not able to receive anything I had to say. And I just had this moment, and I love. I feel like it's so humbling. One of the things that God does in our lives doesn't matter how long we've served Him. We don't have it figured out. We need Him every moment of every day when we're working with other people. So yes, I've worked with homeless, you know, in homeless ministry for 16 years, but every day I need the Lord to help me. And I wasn't, I was failing. I really wasn't handling this interaction well. And when I saw her just get more and more stiff and more resistant, it was like, it just clicked in my heart. And I was like, Crystal, (laughs) she needs to be seen and she needs to be loved. She needs to be shepherded. And I just felt like the Lord just softened my heart in that moment towards her and completely changed my approach with her where I just, I felt compelled to tell her, like, I see you and I so badly want you to know how loved you are. I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. that I get to be a part of your life. I'm blessed that you're willing to even sit here with me and share a little bit of your life with me. And it was, the Lord just shifted where now I was more in that posture, like he is with us, where he's gentle. And that's his grace coming through us. That wasn't me being awesome because I'd already been not awesome (laughs) before that. But I just saw like when I responded to the Holy Spirit and he gave me a little bit of his heart and his love and his tenderness, this woman just melted. 
I mean, she just, to feel loved in that moment and not condemned and to be gathered, it's that picture of she was having a moment where I was, I was getting to gather her in to Christ without even saying that that's what was happening. And I love the last part of that verse where he says that he gently leads those that have young or that gently leads the mothers with young. And I, I think that's a picture of vulnerability. He has a special heart for the most vulnerable. And so yes. I'm so grateful that he gave me that experience because through it, it reminded me as well how badly I need him to shepherd me in that process. Well, I feel like you've already started down the pathway, but put what you just said in the form of a choice for us this week. How can we choose to live in the truth of Isaiah 40 verse 11 this week? I want to encourage the people that are listening who maybe haven't thought about their relationship with God and this sort of intimacy because I think sometimes we're all different. We all have different personalities and some people are really drawn towards They like truth. They want to know, okay, Lord, what does your word say? What are the right and wrong decisions I should make in my life? And they have a little bit harder time going to that place of intimacy with with God. And so they may not envision themselves as a sheep that's being held close to God's heart. So for the people that struggle a little bit more with that, I would encourage this coming week, there's so many scriptures that give us more of this picture of God as shepherd. I'm going to give you just four of them because I'm going to encourage you to pick one to just really meditate on. But Psalm 23, Ezekiel 34, John 10, or John 21. Pick just one of those and really immerse yourself in the imagery and what God is communicating through that idea of who he is as shepherd and who we are as sheep. And really choose to change your posture, I guess, of being ready just to receive his loving kindness that you describe, that intimacy, and and see what God does with that. Because I think it'll change. I know it changes me <laughs> when I do that with the Lord. It changes my, my heart and my relationship with him. And then it changes the way that I let his love and his grace and his truth come out of me when I'm in that posture. So that would be my choice. Pick mm. one chapter or, or just go online and Google scriptures about shepherd and see what comes up and spend some time this week really meditating in that and grow your understanding of this image of shepherd because it's all throughout scripture. It's an important one to God. It is. It absolutely is. And to add to that, Crystal, thank you for that excellent choice. To add to that, if you look again at the context of our verse of the week, there's a lot about shouting, shouting that God is coming. And we know that the Lord is coming soon. And we shout that by living as Jesus to those that desperately need him. So I would say to everyone listening that has experienced Jesus as shepherd or says, you know, Crystal, I have looked at those passages. I know those passages. Great. If you've already spent some time in God's word and you feel like you have somewhat of a handle on your Jesus being your shepherd and you have received his comfort, let's choose to be super intentional this next week about doing what you just did with that young woman in your office today. 
where you recognize she was in crisis. She was making choices based out of needing desperately to be seen and known and comforted. Let's intentionally seek to be the comfort of Jesus to those who need it. Because you know what? It's not hard to find people right now that need encouragement. It's not hard to find people that need someone to speak life. Let's take a hot minute before we post something on social media or we say something out loud and say, is this comforting? Is this kind? Is this me mirroring this feeding, carrying, gathering, leading of Jesus as he does all of these things for me. He calls me to mirror and reflect that to the world. And if I am living in this picture of Isaiah 40 verse 9 and 10, we're supposed to be shouting that he's coming. It's good news. It's exciting news. But how we do that is not by standing on the street corner and yelling it. It's Mm -hmm. living it, isn't it, Crystal? It's living and exemplifying Jesus Christ here in this world that we shout the message that he is coming soon. So let's do what you said. Let's either study Jesus as shepherd and get to know him in that intimate way. And if we already have done that, let's be very, very intentional to invite others into the comfort of Jesus, into this beautiful picture of provision, protection, comfort, and direction that he offers us, that we would seek to provide that and give that to other people as well. Crystal, thank you so much for being here this week. We need one more week in Isaiah 40. I mean, this chapter is so critical, so important, so power-packed. I really would love to do verse 31 in Isaiah 40 next week with you, if that's okay. Let's do it. Can we do one more week in this chapter? Great. And listeners, if you haven't already, please, please, please read all of Isaiah 40 before next week. It's going to help you tremendously. It's a very overwhelming chapter. If you haven't read it, for us to unpack the context of it is going to be so much more fun, exciting, and clear for you if you just take a couple minutes to read the chapter this week. So we're so excited to see you all again next week. Thank you again, Crystal, for being here. I appreciate you so much. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of Isaiah 40 verse 11. I thank you that you feed us, you carry us, you hold and gather us close to your heart. I thank you that you gently lead us as a mother with her sheep. You lead us with the same care and tenderness that you lead your flock. What a beautiful, intimate picture of you holding us close to your heart, providing for us, protecting us, comforting us, and directing us. I thank you that you don't run out of patience, kindness. You are so long-suffering. And I pray that we would experience you as our shepherd this week, that you would reveal yourself, all of your comfort and tenderness to us as we ask you to reveal yourself as the great shepherd. And Lord, for those of us listening that have already experienced that comfort, I pray that we would, with great intention, seek to love and comfort others, reaching out to those that need desperately to experience you, that they would long to know you and come into relationship with you as well. We love you. We trust you. I ask for your protection mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically over every listener in the coming week. And it's in the strong and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. 
for This One Thing with Carrie Kenyender. Find all our episodes by clicking the podcast link located on our website at fetterfree.org.